See, I still, I still think that the, you know, whatever your perspective on that, the, you know, there's still going to be that, that advocate for the, uh, the Christian, whatever they are, community. And, you know, those, those people will get on board. You with, serve with those people. Yeah, you serve that, those people. They are your niche. Yeah, you just probably can't client. become Patagonia, but you're going to be all right. It's the thousand true fans, I suppose. Made me think of the insane clown posse. Right, and I how, don't know it. Oh, so they're these two guys from like outback America who painted their faces to look like clowns. They look a little bit like, it's kind of like a kiss kind of look and they do these terrible rap songs. Uh, oh. They're shockers. Um, I thought you were going to say like, they're the real life jokers. <laughs> it's kind of weird and um, anyway... They, this band got made a lot of fun of, you know. Um, it became a bit of a, like, you know, the mainstream thought it was a joke. But a certain portion of the population loved it and they formed a group called the Juggalos. And the Juggalos meet every year and it's a phenomenon. And it just got me really interested in, like, um, these kind of niche cultures, like the My Little, the Bronies, the My Little Pony the guys that like My Little Pony, have you seen that? I've got a few more for you if you want. Um, so I got your, into this. This is, this is your Saturday night listening to the, to the Juggalos. <laughs> and then I, I just got interested in like why these really extreme, I don't think they're extreme in the sense like they're not terrorists. They're just like really things that aren't normal, normal. I'm doing air quotes, as Adam Robinson would say. Um, why does that exist and why is it happening so much now? And the conclusion I came was like it's got to do with the internet, a lot of it, um, but it's also got to do with not being accepted and finding people that are kind of like you, you know. Um, yeah, I think if you have a genuine interest, someone else in the world is going to have that interest. Yeah. You will find people out there and the internet has just been the vehicle to allow that to happen at a global scale mm. rather than you being the little village idiot stuck in your own village and everyone thinks you're an outcast. Yeah, because you're like my little pony. That's fine. <laughs> just, uh, just don't say that around this village, mate. Yeah, but I think some people get pretty worked up about the insane clown posse and think it's like a really kind of uh, horrible dangerous thing but I, I couldn't see that when I looked into it I, it seemed kind of strange to me but it just looked like it must be threatening for some reason or it might be scary or something like that. Nature. it is it's like a kind of like a horror style yeah. thing well yeah. it's that once you're in that space you're starting to verge into you know well what other things around this around this topical area can we get into what other niche cultures can we create out of this and we start moving into dark maybe darker and darker spaces well That's, yeah there's certainly things that yeah exactly and, there's and things that are less innocent yeah, there's definitely. this idea of the slippery slope you know and once you once you kind of edge so, your way a little bit too far what across do you the think slope, about the slippery slope as in is it a thing is it a thing yeah i think the i think the slippery slope Do, I feel does like playing it, Call of Duty make you want to kill people? No. Well, let me ask no, you that. No, no. Okay. 
I don't Does smoking so. marijuana make you want to do heroin? No, but I think I think so. I think you may be missing like some of the iterations in between. So it's about finding where the slippery slope is. Uh, so but 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 I think I think dealing in things that are addictive, like uh-huh. you know, if you're dealing with a heroin, like a chemically uh-huh. addictive substance, versus um, you know a movement around a particular band. Mm. You're, you're in slightly different spaces. That's interesting because what about killing a cat, then torturing a cat and then trying to – are you going to go kill a human? You know, like there's – I don't understand Well, I it. think you're already in a bad space. You know, Definitely. You're already, like, and, hey, look, I'm not advocating this. I'm just putting some thought experiments out there. Yeah. Well, uh, it's, it's interesting, right, because if you're in that – if you're already in that space, I think you've already – you're, yeah. on, you're on some path. Yeah, you're already on a path. Because it was interesting talking to, not talking to, sorry, watching the Defiant Ones on um, Netflix that kind of connected in my mental network about this this kind of idea. I haven't seen it, yeah. And it's about the Dr. Dre and Beats and Jimmy uh, Iovine, I think his name is, who I didn't know beforehand, who's a record producer. And... He started, got, he realised that people love, he started to build a record label after producing a lot of these famous artists. He started to realise that people on the edges, that's what they love, you know. Music is something that kind of people want to be a little bit confronted by. So he signed like Marilyn Manson and Nine Inch Nails. And at the same time he signed... Uh, Dr. Dre and a lot of these rappers who are saying, you know, some extreme stuff on, um, and both are extreme in different ways. But he kind of recognised that the Rolling Stones were extreme, who are now like mum and dad head to the arena to kind of, you know, yeah, Mm. Mick, you know, he's a respected figure. Um, Not so much when they were growing up, right? So he's kind of, and he made a shitload of money basically keying into this. Uh, and that's the kind of fringe and people say things about that type of music, you know, where it's like, well, this leads you to this. It's a bad influence. So maybe it is, maybe it isn't. I don't know the answer. It's just kind of an interesting thought. I, I, yeah. I I struggle with it, right? I, I think I, I struggle with the, the slippery slope. What I do recognise, though, is the the movement of a crowd and a herd you know the herd mentality and so as soon as there's enough energy for a particular direction in a group of people you know as soon as you've got the overall energy of that group has hit a point you know and it might be just three people out of a hundred but they're loud enough to get some people who are on the edge of moving just to shift across with their energy. (laughs) And that kind of is is the wave of movement as opposed to this kind of ethical boundary Mm. of slippery slope. I think it's more about the the movement and energy of a crowd as opposed to the movement and energy of a particular philosophy. That's interesting. But maybe, maybe it's the philosophy that gets the crowd moving in the first place. We need to hire someone psychologist or something but I think I need to go I'm going to look up the uh, I'm going to keep looking into the insane clown posse stuff I'm not sure I got to the bottom of 
what I think about that. So. Let me see what you dig up, mate. You might end up in the, uh, the dark web. Uh, I, I hope not. I think, I think it's really important to, to highlight um, just how focused on quality what they were. So yeah. the, um, the, there's a quote in the book which is, make the best product is the raison d'etre, and which is like... French. Yeah. Dropped it in. <laughs> Threw it in. Yeah. And Soon you'll be doing this episode in French. I, 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 I won't even understand. You're going to have to give me some serious time to get there. Like. <laughs> I'm going to get pulled up on the pronunciation of that. Get Google Translate out. Which, which, is, which is the purpose. That mm. means the purpose. Um, for those that missed my poor pronunciation. I needed that. I didn't know what it meant, but I've heard it before. Yeah. I always just nod the, and say, yes. the reason The reason to be, I think, is what I'm smart and know what that means. <laughs> yeah, I'm yes. on board with that. Yes. <laughs> and so um, there's a big guiding principle uh, that stems from um, Antoine de Saint-Exupéry, um, which is a French aviator. And mm-hmm. basically the crux of it is um, in anything at all, and this is a guy that basically innovated aviation and came up, you know, with mm-hmm. the, the refined version of what the aeroplane wing is that we, we know today, um, which is quite a beautiful teardrop-looking shape on its side. Uh, in anything at all, perfection is finally attained, not when there is no longer anything to add, but when there is no longer anything to take away. When a body has been stripped down to its nakedness, and I think that is, mm. I think Patagonia as a brand, or at least what I know of Patagonia as a brand and the what I've seen of their products, that really speaks to that that guiding principle. Yeah, they're like really utilitarian products that are made for a purpose. They're not made for fashion. And I think that he said he got caught up in that in the 80s when they were booming That and they had all these issues because they were growing too quickly and pe- people started to see it as a fashion brand, which I think is happening again now when I walk around Melbourne. Um, but... So they went back and said, we're not making anything fashionable. If, if, that's an, if that's an outcome that's additional to the function, great. But this thing has to work for its intended purpose and that is its first order. Absolute must. Another quote that he put in the book from someone called Richard Buckminster Fuller, who I'm not sure who it is, but it's a great quote. Um, when I'm working on a problem, I never think about beauty. I only think, I, I think only how to solve the problem. But when I've finished, if the solution is not beautiful, I know it's wrong. So simplicity in design is one of his big driving forces. Yeah, it comes back to, comes back to that, you know, the teardrop looking aeroplane wing. And it's a very natural, beautiful type shape. When you do look at it, um, it's in its purest simplicity, and it's 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 almost like in this naturalistic type form. So this is kind of product design. I'm not sure how this matches with the kind of organic that we see, you know, and the idea of because sometimes things that evolve aren't that streamlined, you know. Well, perhaps they are in the end, but, you know, not a lot of things look like the aeroplane wing in nature. And I'm thinking, and then you kind of think about like a Gaudi church, the Gaudi church. You know, that is a intricate, complex thing that makes you think of a tree almost. Uh, 
So I'm not sure you should shoot for this kind of perfection. The, perf- the, perf- the simplistic perfection's at the end when you're finished. I don't think it's during necessarily. Mm. I don't the think process, you ever get there either. Yeah, and the yeah. process of refinement that he's talking about is because that's where I get stuck. I start doing something. I'm like, well, it's not, it's not beautiful. It's not right, you know. Whereas that's where you should be reflecting later. I think I'm having this realization now instead of at the time going, oh, it's it's stuffed, you know. I can't do it, or it's it's not perfect. Because see, I think I think Fuller's Fuller's quote there is, it's very much a that's like the ultimate outcome. You know, it's the ideal outcome. That's what we're we're striving for. Is that you know the simple beauty? Because at its core, in in nature, um, your you know a, a particular species of something is looking to exert the least possible energy to keep up with the change of the world around it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that often means a minimal, simple type form. But the first iteration of anything is going to be ugly. That's the hard bit. And that's, that's what's hard to keep in mind. Something that was causing environmental damage. And it was simply enough to, you know, to shake him and to say, you know what, that is something that we will not stand for in what we're doing. So The fact he didn't care too much about money meant he could get a lot of it too. So that is a concept that is is interesting to reflect on. Profits have always been certainly not primary. Um, He's there to, like, don't get me wrong, he's there to make money, right? He's not running a charity. But he, the profit's the outcome. So let's but dig. They've, they've also traded off, you know, profit in place of the environment many, many times. You know, but you could argue that that's in the pursuit of profit. I wouldn't say that. I'd probably word it differently and say that that is actually a decision that he thinks is both the right thing to do by what he believes, and is going to make him more money because he knows in the long run that that formula brings more success to the business. He yep. just can't calculate it. See, I think that's, that's where you've struck the chord is the long run. Mm. Whereas when you're in the moment, I suspect, and certainly when some of these things were happening, I think it would have been a trade-off for profit, you know. They, it, it, they wouldn't have seen some of the, you know, the movements that we've seen behind particular companies now. No, you know, no. That didn't exist. They no. were creating that. Correct. And, and, and that's where I think you're right in terms of the thought of like, hey, he's not thinking about the money as a first order thing. It's like a second order outcome. So mm. he, prob- he probably doesn't really care if he makes more money, but he kind of knows that it's prob- over time that he will because he's doing this, but he doesn't know for sure. So it's kind of you've got to kind of, to follow this philosophy, you've kind of kind of give up that immediate kind of wanting that feedback. Oh, is this going to work? Is that not? It's like, no, nah, I'm doing it because this is our direction, you know. Yeah, stop chasing the quarterly returns mm. and look for it. Just gaze the eyes up just a little bit further. Which is, it's hard to do that. Oh. It is, it's not just through greed. It's the unknown. That's 
that's tricky. Um, it's good to note as well that he he was early on in something that grew a lot. So environmental factors helped him, but he was certainly one of the best. Well, he was the best at. Although the North Face fella who he's friends with, um, it, they did pretty well too. And interestingly, that guy and his wife have bought huge swathes of rent land in South America and converted them to national parks. Mm. 